From KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area businesses and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vale. Thanks for joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. You can learn more at GoCurrency.com. Bud, uh, we've talked a little bit about budgets, and we're going to talk a little more about budgets. But let's get to something that uh, we hear a lot about in the news these days, and that's the uh, workforce shortage and how inflation is just really hammering the workforce that's there. Well, it's Mark, it's been been a struggle for those local businesses, especially small businesses, um, just trying to find workers. And it's it's not just Lincoln, it's around the country. The, I was reading an article recently where it said that 88% um, of small businesses are saying they're just struggling with workers and how to find workers and what do they do. That unemployment rate in Lincoln is, you know, we're at 1.9%. And that that's almost zero unemployment, right? It's just, well, yeah, it's really a struggle. There's probably more uh, actual hard numbers of jobs open in the area than there are people unemployed in the area. I saw recently there was uh, some statistics out there that the number of jobs was far exceeding the number of people available to work, which is scary uh, if you're a business owner. And also, it's just not getting people to apply. And you see on social media some, and it's you kind of chuckle sometimes maybe when you see it, but it says, now hiring, stop. <laughs> you know, on their marquee, just yeah. stop in or things like that. So... We see some different uh, strategies happening. I think people are going out more and doing specific recruiting events. I saw on social media that I think Lingen Fire and Rescue, which we've talked about previously on the show, is actually out there hosting what I would consider a town hall type of setting just to say, here's what it's like to work here. Here's what here's what we do. Here are the opportunities just to try to fill those positions. So. I saw a meme on Facebook the other day that goes back to my generation, or the, the, the baby boomer. It says, the sign out in front of a, a small business says, long-haired, freaky people can now apply. <laughs> I think that was a song one time, too, wasn't oh, well, there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only that's long-haired, freaky people need not apply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. It went from need not apply to can go now, ahead and yeah, apply. Yeah, Absolutely. So. But these job openings and, and our statewide unemployment rate, and it's mirrored here in the city at 1.9%, um, especially small businesses, are they able to uh, craft a plan or a, a way of, of helping this situation? And, and how does LIBA uh, get into that uh, support mechanism for small businesses? Right now for small businesses, it's about adapt and adjust. And, you know, we're seeing wages. I, I talked to an owner of a, a small business, a pizza restaurant here in town that probably everybody knows. And they're trying to hire delivery drivers and they're having to pay 15, 16, 18 bucks an hour just to get people to consider coming. And now in the fall, there's going to be, a, I think there's going to be a minimum wage ballot issue out there, which I'm looking at going, the market's driving that, that wage. And so I think the adapt and adjust, we've talked a little bit about what kind of 
other benefits maybe that they might provide to their members. And the other thing that business owners are having to try to balance is the generational differences in what people are looking for. Some folks like you and I probably are looking for the benefits, the health insurance, the vision insurance, the dental insurance. Some of the Gen Z and the millennials are looking at other things like flexible work time and, you know, ability to go out and have some work time where they can go out and give back to the community. And so really trying to balance how do you manage that workforce is another one. And so we continue to put on different activities, seminars, different things. We're hosting a thing here next month, uh, just adapting to change and how business owners can adapt. And so we're trying to continue to hit on that education piece of our mission to educate business owners on what they can do. And, of course, you uh, helped put together that uh, great uh, show at, at uh, Southeast Community College recently where, uh, you know, the job fair, those types of things really do pay off. Yeah, it's a big deal. You know, if a, a business owner can walk out of there with a some applications and some people with actual skills, we're actually going to do two of those this year. We're going to do one in October and we're going to do one in March again. Just simply whatever we can do to connect. <laughs> you know, in, in some cases you hear about connecting buyers and sellers. This is about employers and potential employees and do what we can to help them. Got some really nasty statistics this week on inflation, uh, 9.1% over last year. This is not just affecting uh, small businesses. I mean, it's affecting everybody. But the, the workers, the those people you're trying to hire, we're dealing with a situation in this country that's that's getting very severe. Uh, what's the latest that you're hearing and the, the latest numbers look like? I was reading in the Wall Street Journal this weekend um, – and they've had some really good in-depth articles on inflation and wage growth and what it looks like. The one that really hit me over the weekend was the average weekly earnings are about 4.2% up from a year ago, which is pretty good, right? You think, oh, okay, my wage is going up 4.2%. That, that is a, a good sign. It's yeah. a great sign until you look at the impact of inflation on those wages, and if you factor in inflation into those wages, adjusted for inflation, wages have actually fallen by 4.4%. So although people are on their average weekly earnings are making more, the cost of things are costing significantly more. And Got an example or two of that? Well, it's the everyday items. This is the thing that when we talk, and we'll probably mention some of this when we get into the budget Everything, everyday items, dairy products, 13%, 13.5% up. Chicken, 17.3%. Eggs, 33%. Butter, 21%. You know, lunch meats are going way up. Soup, just to buy a soup, up almost 16%. Clothing, you know, they talk about men's suits is one of the ones they used. 24.9%. Gasoline. Regular gasoline, 61%. All of those are factors in our day-to-day -day lives. And not only are those increases, and especially the gasoline, I'll talk about fuel costs, because it's not only affecting us as day-to-day -day consumers in what we pay, it's costing the businesses to get their products here. You know, fuel costs go up, your costs to get the goods to the store go up. And so... 
we're really seeing a lot of that. And what's what's really struck me is to to hear that some of these things are at levels they haven't been since the early 1980s. And if you think about back in the ni- early 1980s, we hit a huge inflationary rates where mortgage mortgage percentages <laughs> were what 12 14 16 percent my first home mortgage we bought our first home in 1984 bad timing 12.34 percent yeah i or 12 and three quarters percent yeah and it and went up from there it did and i remember so we were living in wyoming when i was a kid in the early 80s and we moved to lincoln and we lived in casper wyoming and when we first moved there in the late 70s was during the oil boom. And when we moved, it was during the bust. And my parents came and bought a house in Lincoln. And I think, I want to say their their mortgage rate was like around 14 or 16%. And they still owned a house in Wyoming. And it was just really difficult. And so we'll see where those things go. But it's all those prices kept going up. And we just got to find a way to, to address those issues. You know, rising, uh, in this case, a rising tide does not lift all boats equally. Not at all. And when we look at some of the different earners and, and at different levels, it really it, it's really impacting. If you look at the lower income, um, they're, they're spending about 20%, almost 30% of their income just on gas and home energy bills. Yeah, now, and, you know, and we're not that far from cold weather. Yeah, yeah, where our utilities usually go up, right? right. I mean, because uh, natural gas is what uh, supplies a lot of furnaces and heats homes. And so there's some some scary things, I think, to keep track of. A couple of years, what was it, about a year and a half ago when we had the rolling blackouts? And that even happened here in Lincoln. It wasn't just in Texas. And we had no notice. It just... Uh, this uh, Earlier this week, we did a news story at KLAN with uh, LES, and, and they said that they've uh, prepared and planned for this. They don't expect any of that during this uh, the late July into August heat wave. So let's hope we don't well, have, uh, you know, it, when it's this hot. Exactly. It's bad enough when your air conditioner goes out in the summer. We had to replace ours a few years ago. But those rolling-type blackouts are really, and of course they don't happen at the best times, and so... There's some interesting things I've heard that LES is looking at doing to maybe try to be able to monitor and control those. So we'll see what kind of different things come out here in the future. They're definitely, from what we're understanding, they're uh, a lot more proactive after what happened a year ago down south. Yeah, I think that opened the eyes to a lot of people that we have to be prepared and we have to know what we're going to do and have a secondary plan and maybe a a plan C and a plan D just to make sure that we can service those things. And not only to families, think about businesses. You know, we've got a lot of technology companies here in Lincoln, and when they click off that electricity and they don't have any warning, we're talking about computers and servers and all those types of things. So it's it's going to be a, a difficult time, and we'll hopefully, uh, I'm glad to hear LES is working on some alternative ideas. Well, your light, your eyes always shine brighter, and your face lights up when we talk about budgets. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot about me, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, let's. Uh, we promised everybody we'd go a little deeper on uh, some public budgets. Uh, I know we've got some details on the city. Uh, let's get to that here in, in just a minute or so. Sounds great.
You need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Well, Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big-ticket items. Now, whether you're replacing old machines or expanding your fleet, Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure and free to use and gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com and just fill out the application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, doing business as currency, pursuant to CFL License 60DBO-54873. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You're listening to Lincoln Business Beat from KLIN Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association. Bud Sinoris, President and CEO of LIBA. City Budget, uh, you have really honed in on this thing this year because we're looking at what a fairly significant increase in the budget yeah we we've really invested a lot of time and we do this every year to take a look at where's the spending happening uh from a city perspective what are the increases you know the budget overall is going up seven percent this year and you think back we were talking about inflation wages are going up for four point four percent but or when you adjust for inflation, they're actually down four per, over 4%. And so we've really taken a, a deep look into this and seeing where the revenue sources are and specifically where the spending is. Because as with anything, the devil's always in the details. And what we found is one of the, one of the touch points that we've tried to communicate with the city is they've got 67 new full-time equivalency positions built into the budget and we take we talk back to the worker shortage and those types of things that might be a little aggressive might be a little bit too over anxious i think and so that's one of the things we've tried to get the, to encourage the city well, let me ask this question and and it's to clarify these are new positions these are all new positions, 67 new and, full-time equivalent positions. And we, we're, also, we're already aware of LFR and LPD that have staffing shortages. So uh, filling those, th- this is a Herculean task, it sounds like. And 
So right to question it. It really is. And and some of those positions out of those 67 are in uh, public safety, both uh, LFR and, and the police department, which we've always been a huge advocate for more public safety and an investment in public safety. I saw the other day that there's a new recruit class starting for LPD, and I think they had 19 or 20 in it. And they might have they might add an interim class, which is good. We've talked about that before so we can get more officers on the streets in some of those areas. Like there's, I think, seven or eight public health nurses uh, for the health department. And the questions that we've tried to ask are. Do we have those resources in the community already? Do we have to add those is it that dire of a need? And you think about the health field, um, how they've struggled, just, you know, hospitals and nurses and all those different areas over the past several years. I think that's a little bit aggressive. And it's really the do we really need to uh, have those positions, especially at a time when we're seeing all, our everyday items are costing us more? Well, I know Councilman McGinnis uh, had questioned one of those uh, health care initiatives. I believe it was new uh, newborn follow-ups. Uh, there was like seven positions in there, and and part of his concern was uh, you once you establish this type of program, it almost becomes permanent, and it's very difficult to make adjustments. So you got to, like you said, you got to get into the details. That's one of the other things you know. Over the last two years, especially as we've seen all this money come in from the federal government, um, ARPA money, and different th- funds like that from the federal government because of the pandemic is when we start investing in hiring new people, that's not a one-time expenditure. That that becomes a long-term expenditure. And when you start looking at when you hire an employee, it's not just the wages you pay, right? It's the the benefits. It's all those types of things and training. And so that's a major investment when we start looking at. And frankly, in this in this environment of worker shortage, I think it just, it's something that really, really needs a, a I think, a better look from the city. Small businesses, uh, of course, are, are really struggling with high energy bills. Uh, and that's part of what goes into the city budget. Can you kind of bring us through that process? Well, and it's interesting because we're a public utility. LES a public utility, and so their rates have to be approved by the council, the city, et cetera. And we're looking at an increase of, you know, another 1.5% over the next budget year, so to speak, which is quite a bit. Um, Plus, we have, when we talk about the utilities, and Black Hills Energy is not a public utility, but they still have agreements with the city. And I go back to devils in the details, right? And so if everyone who listens takes a look at their LES bill, they'll see that they pay a dividend every year on their or every month on their LES bill. Now, when I went to college and we were learning in business school about dividends, that was something that the company paid as a reward to the shareholders for a good year. This in turn is actually I'll call it a tax and a slush fund for the city. To force upon the ratepayer. So not only are we paying property taxes and sales taxes, we're also paying this dividend to Lincoln Electric, which is which is required by the city. It's set by the city. The city implements it. So 
arguably you could say that's a tax on the ratepayer on top of the sales tax and all the other taxes they're paying. And then with Black Hills Energy, it's a little different. They have a, it's called a franchise fee that we pay every month on our utility bill. And the franchise fee is negotiated with the city. And a couple of years ago, when they re- renewed their franchise agreement, they went from feet of pipe. So if they added a thousand new feet of pipe, that's what based the franchise fee on to now consumption. And there, there's a couple of different schools of thought on this. The part for me is consumption is going up, especially we see what we had. You know, the consumption was very high when we had those rolling blackouts a year and a half ago. And so it feels like that's going to cause that franchise fee to continue and build and build and build and build. That's really difficult. And that's, to me, from where I look at it, when the city says you have to pay this and it's based on this, it's a tax. And so it's a couple other ways. And again, I go to the devils in the details. Buyer beware. Know what's on that bill and see what it is. And and you'll probably be very surprised. One of the areas that uh, also is in the budget but has been used quite effectively, as I understand it, is uh, I think they call it the Fast Forward Fund. Yeah, um, the Fast Forward Fund is one that was created back when Mayor Beitler was in office. And it used to have about five or six million. They've kind of tried to keep it around there. Uh, the city gave, uh, I think it was around three million or no, maybe not. I don't remember the exact number, but they made a, a large distribution of that to Duncan Aviation for some expansion. And so Councilman McGinnis is wanting to put that back in there so that we have those funds to try to invest in some of those projects. And so I think that's, it's good that we're, we're paying attention to that. We've got to take care of those things because those are the things that help economic growth. When companies can expand, maybe property taxes go up, they employ more people. So those people are spending in our community. All of those things come together and really make it a nice uh, investment in the city. So from a budget perspective on the city, the the increase, would you say the number is about 3.5% is in total dollars or it was higher? It's about 7%. About 7%. Total of 7%. And um, the, the other part that, again, we go to devil in the details, the city's collecting about a million dollars a month more in sales tax revenue uh, than they budgeted this current year. And so the revenue projections are coming in really well. And just a 7% increase is the part that we struggle with at LIBA. When we look at what's happening to families, I mean, I mentioned earlier, those everyday items, and we're getting ready to go back to school. And so, you know, lunch meat being up 13 or 14%, people are packing lunches for their kids and those prices are going up. And so we just, we're asking the city for a little bit of constraint that, our business owners are having to experience and their employees in order to make sure that we keep our city growing. Good way to uh, end this segment. But we've got some LIBA news as well. We yeah. want to share with people uh, a little bit about LIBA and then uh, some new members. Yeah, well, the one thing I'm very proud of at LIBA is to be the voice of local business. And to be out there and paying attention to things like the city budget, the LPS budget, the county budget, legislation that might happen that impacts our our business owners and, and what, 
how it might affect their day-to-day lives uh, as a business owner and as a citizen. And so we, we stay on that every every month and every day, and that's what we do every day, and that's our mission to be that voice of business and uh, stand up for business. And we're really proud uh, this time of the month that we always announce the new members that have joined us over the last month. And I'm just going to run through the list of new members real quick. Stonebrook Exterior, Energy Pro Electric, NP Dodge Real Estate, Nibble, Midwest Health and Wellness, King Agency, Ells Kitchen, Exit Realty Professionals, Double Eagle Golf, Seaweeda Creations, Border States, and 335 Fit. So we got a nice nice uh, set of new members coming in, and we're excited to have them as a part of our organization. And I want to also uh, mention that one of the things that LIBA members get to do is a monthly luncheon. And uh, just recently, uh, Dr. Liz Standish, who is... Uh, head of the finance area at LPS, made just a phenomenal uh, presentation on LPS budget. They're, you know, they're approaching a half billion dollars. And and uh, a lot of that is available online on the LPS, but what a, a magnificent presentation she did and some great questions that came out of there. Um, LPS, uh, a big spender in the community, a lot of taxes, but I think the LIBA members who were there got to understand some of the challenges that they're facing as well. Well, and that's one of those things we try to educate our members on what's happening in the city. So every year we have LPS and come and talk about their budget because when you look at your property tax bill, about two-thirds of it is your property taxes to LPS. So Liz always does a great job. We really appreciate her. LPS has a very transparent process with their budget, and they're able to really put all that information out there, which is Government transparency is one of the things that LIBA has always advocated for. I'm sure coming up in a future show, we'll talk about a little bit more about what the in-depth of what Liz talked about, about the LPS budget. So it's it's the budget time of year, so you'll see me smiling as I come yeah. in when we talk every week. We got a little chuckle because uh, uh, Dr. Paul Gausman, the new superintendent, was also introduced for a brief few remarks, and he was reminding uh, reminded everybody that... Uh, last time that he and his wife lived here in Lincoln, uh, 94, 95. So he's not promising anything, but who knows? <laughs> I bet he takes credit for it if we have a great year in football, that's for I, I sure. So. All right, bud, any uh, any suggestions for next time, or are we going to see what the, uh, the market brings? We're going to kind of continue to watch what the market brings. I think we maybe do a little bit more into some of the – local budgets and deep dive into some of those types of things, just to try to help everybody understand all that taxes we pay and where it goes. This is the Lincoln Business Beat from Lincoln's Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio as we review and update business owners and the community about what's happening in the business community and around Lincoln. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Bell. Bud, wish you the best. Thanks, Mark. Have a great week. And Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com.